All right, good afternoon. Um, welcome to our, our seven o'clock midweek service here on Wednesday. Uh, we're going to start a new teaching. We, um, uh, a new teaching. We're going to get into talking about God's breadcrumbs today. God's breadcrumbs. Um, do you indulge me and turn to Psalm 37? Psalm chapter 37, and we're going to f- focus in on verse 23. Psalm 37, verse 23. Again, we're talking about God's breadcrumbs today. All right, verse 23 reads this. It says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. So, again, we're talking about breadcrumbs. So, God orders our steps, and he delights um, when we're following those steps, when we're staying on his uh, narrow path or his his uh, in between the lines of his way of doing things, right? So those, uh, we always talk about taking the next best step from here, and we'll get into that here in a second. So uh, the steps, the steps of a good man, male or female, are ordered by the Lord. Let's go here to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. We're going to start here at verse one. 33. Psalm 119. And here the psalmist is making a great statement here. He says, order my steps in thy word. Highlight, underline, in thy word. Order my steps in thy word. Let not any inequity have dominion over me. So, of course, we've been talking about inequity for a while. So, iniquity is, you know, self-indulgence. So don't let myself get in the way of harmonizing with your steps, following um, each step that's going to lead me ultimately into your will. But he says here, order my steps in thy word. You know, I know that's an old school gospel song, right? You know, (laughs) order my steps in your word. And so, so we said the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and order, the psalmist says, order my steps in the Lord. Hey, show me the, the, the steps to take for me to stay in, in step with your will, but also in harmony with your purpose for me to do in my life. And so that brings us to why God uh, gave this particular topic as God's breadcrumbs. So breadcrumbs or we could say at the same time, signs. Breadcrumbs are signs are confirmation of our purpose path. Breadcrumbs or signs are confirmation of our purpose path. These breadcrumbs are letting us know when we're following on the right path. You know, every time I think about breadcrumbs, we're always talking about how sometimes, you know, when you when you're growing in life, especially depending on your profession or your, or your calling, you know, sometimes uh, people are very good at clearly showing you the breadcrumbs and, you, you know, you can keep in step. Uh, some people are very, um, you know, they can get self-indulgent and forget about 
um, leaving the bread crumbs. So imagine we're going someplace. So I, so uh, Marcus is out ahead of me, and Marcus needs me to follow. He's like, now keep in step. I was like, Marcus, just do me a favor, man. Just leave me some breadcrumbs, man. You know, so I know to follow. So Marcus, you know, he's focused because he's not just focused on where he's going, but he's focused on me following him. So every time he's going somewhere, he's mindful to leave a breadcrumb. So I know when I get to that destination, I go, okay, this is, this is where Marcus was. And then when I see the next breadcrumb, this is where Marcus was. Now, if the breadcrumbs are close enough together, I won't get lost, right? Yeah, I mean, we watched the movies where a person got kidnapped and, you know, they threw something down where the person that's looking for them could discover, hey, they went this way, right? You know, so, but God shows us has breadcrumbs because he's saying, hey, go this way, right? And so the goal is for these breadcrumbs to be... Uh, clearly identified, but spaced in a way. So they're spaced in a way where, yes, you have to use your faith, but they, they'll confirm, okay, you're going in the right direction. Okay, you're moving in the right direction. And if you, if you lock in to the pattern of the breadcrumbs, you'll pick up some momentum, right? Because they're, they're confirmation of our purpose path, confirmation of our purpose path. Now, again, it's a confirmation of our purpose path, so I have to have an understanding of my purpose. I have to know God's will or his life purpose, as we talked about in the Master Life class, for our life. So I have to be locked into that. And so a lot of times we jump out ahead, and as we were talking about this, we'll get into this maybe um, the next uh, part two of this, but I'll just give you a little nugget here. We talked about this in Master Life, how sometimes... You know, you got God's life purpose and your life goals or your life steps should line up with God's life purpose. And your prior, when you are setting your priorities, priorities, you're playing off of these life goals, which, are, of course, are leading to life purpose. And life purpose, life goals, and priorities equal God's promises, right? Equal God's promises. And so we, we, we want to lock into that. A lot of people, I don't know my purpose. We want to know what God's purpose is, and you want to lock in what God has purposed you to do. It's not a secret for God. It's not a secret, but I'm going to say this respectfully. I believe people want to know in terms of I don't like dealing with the uncertainty, but sometimes it's not as um, urgent for them to really invest everything they can in the kingdom to discover that purpose. You know, people invest everything they can in uh, making sure they're in the right relationships, and I don't think people do well with that. You know, people want great men and women of God in their life, but they don't. Like, if I, if I want a great woman of God in my life, I'm going to become a great man of God to make sure, without a doubt, she won't miss me when she walks by. Now, again, I said a, a rhetorical statement because everybody knows I have a great woman of God, but actually what I just said is what I did. I sat down. I've told the story a thousand times, but I sat down and, you know, I was in the Word. I started being, getting diligent in the Word, and I said, God, I just want the perfect girl. You know, I ain't know about virtuous woman. I've, I've said that statement a thousand times, but I said, I just want, and God said, what's she going to get? And when he said it, 
immediately I got this vision of what this great woman of God would want, and I wasn't that guy. Now, I have to be honest. I, I was in the Word. I mean, I was, I, was, I was in the Word. I was going to church. I wasn't drinking. Getting, I cut out a lot of things in my life. But when I saw what a great woman of God would want and need, so there's things that she would want, but there's things she would need. I was like, I'm not that guy. So you know what I did? I started getting into the Word. I said, that great woman of God is going to need a man of God that's really all into the Word. So I started to prepare myself to be what she needed more than I started to want what I desired of her. Well, how many people do that? Uh, you know, actually, you can leave out here right now and go to the grocery store, and the great man of God that you want could be right in the grocery store, walk right by you, because you're not what that person would want or need right now, because you're taking, you take all your moments for granted. So, so once again, <laughs> I don't know why I brought that up. Uh, well, obviously, the Holy Spirit wanted, wanted to talk about it. So, so, so this is the key. The key is, like, to... Um, lock into what God, lock into God first. That's why I talked about it, because we have to lock into God first and become what we need to attract everything that's supposed to be in our life. Those the scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things will be added. I think we'd be running after all the other things, but not doing kingdom work first. So we're repelling of everything that we're supposed to be attracting. And I, and I learned this a long time ago. Um, and I shared this example a thousand times. If you don't know where you're going when you get on the highway, so, so you just get on the highway aimlessly. You don't know where you're going, but you're supposed to be going somewhere, right? You drive right by the signs to get there because you don't know where you're going. So, so what's the purpose of the signs? Like if you're driving, you're going to New York. I don't know if you're driving, but, but, but let's say if you're driving. So, so if you're driving, you know where you're going, right? So you're going to keep looking for the signs to confirm that you're going in the right direction. Suppose, suppose you ain't know where you was going. You could drive right by a sign that says, uh, okay, let's say the sign says get off at exit 15. You're at exit 13. And it says get off at exit, exit 13 because you're going to go to the throughway. But if you don't know where you're going, you're not going to get off at exit 13 you end up on a Tappancy Bridge or something. That ain't going to take you where you're going. It'll take you to New York, but a whole other part of the, the, the state, right? And I think we're living life that way sometimes. Like, we're not, we're so busy saying we want, but we're not preparing ourselves to clearly see where God wants us to go. Here, God made us, and the only thing we're going to be fulfilled at is doing what God designed. So we get introduced to this candy all right, so I look at these young kids. So, you know, so when you, you first start out, you, you give your kids with the Gerber or whatever. But, you know, they got the little vegetables broken down and stuff like that. And kids be eating that, eating it up. Be good, too, don't it? Somebody in their life, parent, grandparent or something, gives them candy. All of a sudden, they don't, you know, you start giving them the Gerbers, they don't want the Gerbers. But is the Gerbers no longer good for them? It's still good for them. Somebody changed their appetite. Man, listen, man. <laughs> listen. <laughs> Somebody changed their appetite. See, it's the same thing with us. We, forget, we start out all connected to God. 
Everything, all our nourishment is from God. Somebody gives us, introduces us to something else, changes our appetite, but, but God's stuff is still what's going to give us the nourishment we need. But we now are orchestrating our whole life around this new introduction of this new appetite. Now we're playing off of it. We rationalize based on it. Like we're not playing off of the word. We're playing off of, well, you know, it could possibly be maybe what God want me to have. No, no, no. Show me. Show me. Show me. Because God has clearly stated what he wants you to have. Right? We're trying to force in things that don't line up with God, all because we don't want to necessarily lock into the first part, and that's being diligent with God. Let's go to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. Again, we're talking about God's breadcrumbs, and we talked about the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Psalm 37, 23, Psalm 119, 133, it says, order my steps. No, I'm sorry. Let's go back to Psalm 119, and then we'll go to Ephesians 5. I'm sorry, I forgot to read something. I'm going so fast here. So Psalms um, 119, 133, order my steps in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Verse 34, deliver me from the oppression of man, so will I keep thy precepts. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant, and teach me thy statutes. Rivers of water run down mine eyes because they keep not thy law. So, so, so here he's saying, man, I just want to stay locked into your word and your law. We've been going through Psalm 119 in the Master Life class. And here's another highlight of the passion to stay in harmony with God's word, with his statutes, with his precepts. Because remember, David was a man after God's own heart. So understanding that this is the way that I get fulfilled. Staying in step with God, not being introduced to new appetites and trying to conform God's will to the new appetite as opposed to adjusting ourselves Removing the appetite because it doesn't line up with God's will. All right? Just something to consider. Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. Because if we really lock into all these things, I know we were talking about evolving purpose maybe a month and a half ago. If we lock into these things, God is getting us this information to guide us into fulfillment. And I get it. You know, I was talking to a, a wonderful young man the other day. And I was, you know, and I was sharing with him some things about music. And I told him, I said, man, I already know your momentum is moving in the direction of music. But my job is not to soothe you. My job is to give you the truth. Now you make the choice from there. What, but, but when I walk away, I've given you the truth. But my, my job is not to, to, like, because they do this in the world, because they said this, or because it feels good and sounds good. Everybody... How many people here know sugar tastes good, right? Sugar tastes good. You know, sugar will destroy your insides. But it tastes good. So, so it's not based on if something tastes good or if something feels good, like, or if something looks good. Like nobody, all these kingdoms and all these men of God and all these athletes, all these, these, these women that's fallen, they fell because the person looked good, like, like, Who's, how else are you going to be tempted? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's not based on what looks good, what 
feels good and what smells good is based on doing what's best or what's in line with God's will. So let's go here to Ephesians 5. We're going to focus here on verse 17, but just for our conversation, and since we always talk about it at the church, this would be a good watering, we'll start with 15. Ephesians 5, 15, it says, See then that you walk circumspectly, and that's intentional with every step. It says, not as fools, but as wise. It says, uh, verse 16, redeeming the time, maximizing your moments, because the days are evil. If you're not locked into every step, every day will just take you all over the place. You got to be focused not to be blown by the current of compromise. And then verse 17, it says, wherefore, be not, be ye not unwise. Remember, he says, walk as, don't walk as fools, but as wise. Be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be understanding what the will of the Lord is. So every day, it, I'm not trying to prove what I do know. I'm trying to find out what I don't know. But ultimately, I'm trying to find out what is the will of the Lord. Every step, every choice, every, every see, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find the breadcrumbs that's leading me into God's will. Every day, I want to discover God's will, not, not uh, what they say, what they do, what they think. I want to be in harmony with God's will. So these God breadcrumbs are signs. Um, I noticed this, and as we, they, these breadcrumbs led us to Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, they're everywhere. Um, but if you don't know where you're going, you'll drive right past your purpose and your dreams. They're everywhere. You know, uh, you know how we, you know, one of the ways we came out here, we had went to a restaurant that we thought we wasn't supposed to go to. I told her she can go anywhere she wants. And Pastor Mel likes all you can eat. So she was like, well, let's go to the all you can eat. I said, nah, baby, I, I said you can go anywhere you want. You know, I had, you know, I, I recognize there's a window when you're in a relationship that you, you got to do certain things you got to do. I said, man, I ain't took her out to eat in a while. So I said, I'm going to take her out to eat today. She didn't ask me anything. And so I said, uh, I said, well, you can go, go anywhere you want. She says, let's go to all you can eat. I said, nah. I said, babe, let's go somewhere where, you know, you could really enjoy yourself. Well, the restaurant that we thought was going to close, so we ended up near. No, I got off the wrong exit. Thought I got off the wrong exit. It was right by the all you can eat. I said, man, that place is going to be packed. It's Sunday. And so I go in there, and I said, well, tell you what, let's, we'll scout and see if there's seats. So there turned out to be seats, so we go into the restaurant. As soon as we walk in, I talk to a guy. I hadn't seen him in like nine years, man of God, a solid guy. And so, so I said, you know, hey, man, how you doing? And I, so, so, but no, no, I spoke to him because it was just, it seems like a solid man of God. So I said, hey, sir, how you doing? And I looked, I said, hey, man, so I'm talking to the guy. And then I see this other guy sitting with him that I knew from basketball. I said, so who is he to you? He said, this is one of my sons. Remember I told you I had two sons. I said, well, this is your son because I spent time talking to the other son all the time. You know, he played, uh, um, played football for one of the colleges. And I said, and then I realized what the other son's name, last name was. I said, oh, my God, these are the two boys you were telling me about when they was in high school. So we start talking, go sit down, talk, eat with my wife. Then uh, I said, oh, give me something to drink. So I get up, 
And I run into another guy as soon as I would go get me something to drink. And so I'm talking to him, and I sat down, I said, sweetheart, what is the chances of us being in this restaurant at this time that we weren't supposed to go to? And I said, and I run into two people that was the stepping stones of me working for the church. Each person was a, a step in me working for the church. So then we go out, we leave the restaurant, we get in the car. I said, you know, remember God told us there's signs everywhere. Soon as I said that, all the people that we were connected to that moved to Charlotte popped up in my head. Soon as I said that, I said, well, babe, you know what? I said, uh, we, maybe we need to look into Charlotte. I said, you know, I have a cousin. I think she's a sheriff in uh, Raleigh. I said, I'm going to call my uncle, get her number, and just maybe she could tell us something about North Carolina and Charlotte. Called my uncle up. I said, so, uh, I said, where does Karen live? He said, oh, she lives in Charlotte. She's been in Charlotte for 30 years. I was like, for real? So now we were getting all these signs already. So I said, okay. So I called uh, my cousin up, and she kind of opened the city up, but I felt like we need to go out there just on a conversation, just, just on a conversation with her. And then I, I, I go to my office the next day, and I get a note. There's a gentleman moving to Charlotte looking for a church. So the person comes into my office, and we sit down and talk. I didn't say nothing about, uh, now skip the whole lot. We had uh, Houston and North Carolina at, on our vision map as just as possible places of where we could go. And so, so I'm talking to the guy, and we're we having a conversation. I looked on our list of, of affiliate churches. There was no church in Charlotte. And I said, well, you know, we don't have nobody we connected to. And then I asked him, I said, I'm just curious, though. Why Charlotte? He says, well, let me tell you something. He says, actually, it was between two places. It was between Houston and Charlotte, but Charlotte stood out. I didn't hear him. I heard God. So then... Um, we go out to, we, we say, I said, let's go to Charlotte. We'll go get lost. So we came out here, got lost uh, just on purpose, like just so we can get to know the city. And, and it just connected that we're supposed to be here. So we get back. I'm skipping a whole lot because of time. And we get back and somebody calls me, one of the football players from Ohio State calls me from the Woody Hayes facility. He says, man, you're not going to believe who's here. So I get on the phone and, and I'm talking to the gentleman. I says, hey, what you doing now? He says, well, I got hurt when I was in New Orleans. He says, uh, actually, I was supposed to go to Houston, but somehow we ended up in Matthews, North Carolina. And so I said, what did you just say? He said, yeah, I was supposed to go to Houston, but for some, for some reason, we're in Matthews, North Carolina. Well, that's the, that's the place that we stayed in the hotel in Matthews when we came out and scouted. So we just kept getting these signs. Then we started getting brochures. Welcome to Charlotte. This is before, I'm sorry, I skipped. This is before we even visited Charlotte. We had never been in Charlotte in our life, and we're getting brochures in the mail. She's working at a job, and on the assembly line, all the mail was coming from Charlotte. The pastor's traveling to Roanoke, but he had to stop in Charlotte. You know, like, so every time you turn around, you just hear Charlotte. But there was, those were the breadcrumbs. Those were the breadcrumbs to get us to come out and visit, and eventually, obviously, we're here, and we're supposed to be here, Right? And so, so there, there are signs everywhere, breadcrumbs everywhere, but you got to be locked in. See, we were playing off of a vision, though. And so we're not playing off of the vision, we wouldn't have recognized the breadcrumbs. If we wasn't playing off of God's will and what he told us to do, we wouldn't recognize the breadcrumbs. So breadcrumbs are what, what, what they call in the Bible signs following. Breadcrumbs are signs following. 
Just as your faith is, is, is almost a sign leading, you know, your faith or that unction or that knowing um, tells you go down this path. Your, your faith, uh, I saw that. You thought you slick, but I saw it. Uh, it tells you to go down. You probably do that all the time, but this is the first time I noticed it. All right, so uh, as your faith tells you to go down, go, go down a particular path, your faith is actually, whoo, God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. And I think inside that faith is packaged with your purpose to do. And, and, and every time you get anywhere near or anywhere around anything close to what God has designed you to do, something starts stirring up on the inside. And you know, go that way. Make that connection. Do that thing. Something just happens. Like, I, I wasn't even really a strong now, I'm not even saying it's strong. I was nowhere near a man of faith when God said go to Columbus, but everything in me told me I was supposed to go. And right now, I was supposed to go right now, even though I was playing basketball in, in, uh, in, in, in a few of the uh, summer pro-ams and different things like that, and I was, uh, basketball was what I wanted to do. But I knew, I, I didn't know how I knew. But see, God dealt to every man a measure of faith. And something in you starts happening when you travel by a breadcrumb. See, so, so some years ago, uh, for whatever reason, this couple right here went to the church. Uh, was uh, just for camera purposes. It was the church that we were occupying, least option to buy. Right? Didn't y'all go there before? Right. So they start coming to the church. They're coming to the church, but at the time, they went, they've been going to church for years, but they hadn't joined the church, right? But for whatever reason, God moved on them to join heirs, right? Right? So, so they recognized the breadcrumb. <laughs> like, like, oh, no, no, we're supposed to be going out. We, I don't know why, but we're supposed to be going down this path, right? It's, it's a reason for that. Like all these different little things line up. My wife met you uh, getting, what, what, getting your nails done or something? You and the barber? Sweetheart? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so, so, see, see, but there's, for some reason y'all connected and some reason you came. Right? I'm sure that she's not the only one that invited you to church. Right? See, it's all connection. And the trip is you're connected to her, but you're connected to Bryce. Right, I, Bryce was in the the. In, uh, I did a camp. It was called Airs. It was called Hooping Expression in a Royal Rap Session. I did it for 13 years. Bryce was a little kid in the camp, and when he came out here, I got a call. Hey, if you get a chance, could you talk to Bryce? I, mean, I get all types of calls, and for whatever reason, Bryce and Hallie ended up coming to the church and got connected. Still connected. They still connected. Right. But that's, well, see, you're here. But then you're here. Right? And then Venetia's here. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's, a, it's all a setup. Right? It's all a setup. We just got to recognize the breadcrumbs, right? Remember, breadcrumbs are signs following. See, uh, just like your, your, your faith is a sign leading, it's an intangible. Like your unctions and your knowings are intangible. Like, like I said, so, you, so they come to the church, but, but something on the inside says, let's join this church. Or like uh, Marcus and Stella, they come to the church 
Uh, they're at the church, and then they go on tour throughout Charlotte uh, looking for the, the church. Now, Marcus believed he's supposed to be at the church, uh, but they had to, I guess they had to just, you know, I, I'll be nice. But they went to other churches, right? But then they ended up back here, right? Then, so, so, so that intangible breadcrumb on the inside says, oh, no, 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 you're supposed to be here, right? This, so that's, that's a, that signs leading from the inside or breadcrumbs on the inside. Well, you have breadcrumbs or signs following. That, those are tangible um, signs. Um, that's, those, the, those signs following are confirmations after your obedience. So you take the step and then something happens to confirm it. Just like when you get on the road, the signs show up after you get on the road. Like you don't get a whole collection of signs <laughs> before you get on the road. It's once you get on the road and each, each place you go to, it goes, hey, hey, you're going in the right direction. Just keep on, hey, 25 more miles. And you just make this exit. When you get on this highway, just keep on going. Then another sign shows up. Say, hey, 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 guess what? Hey, hey, 35 more miles. You're going the right way. You're good. You're good. You're going. And you feel good when you see the sign. If you, if you daydream or something, right? You'd be like, man, I was just like, did I miss the exit? <laughs> right? But you feel good when you see the confirmation that you're going in the right direction. And then if, if, the, if the miles are even lower and you get closer, you feel even better. I'm almost there. Right? Huh? <laughs> you got to yield. <laughs> she said you got to yield. Well, it says yield to the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Right, right, and so 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 let's uh, let's look at um, Joshua twenty four. Just an example of this, Joshua twenty four, and then we'll do Joshua twenty four, and we'll do. Oh, I'm in the wrong thing. So you know when you when you when you when I type it up, it's J O S. Not the whole Joshua, J O S period. I was in Job, J O B. <laughs> Wasn't in Joshua. <laughs> All right, so Joshua 24. Let me get over there real quick. And we'll do and we're at verse 16. Yeah, we'll start at verse 16. It says, and the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord and serve other gods. That we should forsake the Lord and serve other gods. Verse 17, for the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, right? And which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in the way where we went and among all the people through whom we passed. So what he's saying is, okay, you know, we were in bondage most of our lives. And we got pulled out of bondage, but from bondage we went to wilderness, we went to a place of uncertainty where it didn't look like, like okay, I'm familiar with the bondage. You know, because a lot of times we're familiar with the, the fear, the debt, uh, the discontentment, the depression, 
uh, things don't, are not going my way. We're familiar with that, but God takes us out of that and he takes us in this place of familiar. And just like the children of Israel, my wife was talking about this when we was driving, we're tempted to go back to the bondage because this is a place of uncertainty. But what he said is God brought them out with, with great signs. So he was giving them breadcrumbs to go, hey, hey, I'm letting you know I brought you out. And my wife was saying this when we were driving. She said, she said, uh, 2020, or in our culture now, it seems like back in the day of, of Israel. Here, God has given all these great signs, these great confirmations. Like, like some of us in our personal life, God shows up very special for us. And we're so excited. We're like, man, God, man, I can't believe that happened. You know, yeah, I moved to another city. It didn't know what was going to happen. And here God gives me a job. And remember how that's, that was so wonderful? I got the job. But then now, all of a sudden, some other things that I'm believing for, it's taken a while. But instead of believing the same God that showed me the sign that, you, hey, he confirmed you're going in the right direction. Same God, right? And so if you keep going down the road, you'll get another sign that says, hey, 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 you're not that far out. But if you, because, okay, so you know, you're driving on the road and you're daydreaming and you don't know where you are. So you're like, man, did I miss the exit? Should I turn around? Because of the uncertainty, right? So you're like, oh, man, if I miss the exit, and you, and you know, it's one of those roads where the next exit could be like 25 miles or something, and you're so tempted to turn around. But imagine if, if you feel that when you stop the car and just sit there and spend the next two days thinking about, did I miss the exit? Am I in the wrong place? Oh, my God, I don't know what I'm doing. You're still sitting there. You're not moving up. Man, I just don't know. You think I missed it? I could have missed it. I probably missed it. Well, see, you know, I missed it before. You know I missed it. Well, you know, I know God showed me a sign, but there are probably no more signs on the road now. And you're still in the same plot, place as opposed to doing what? Moving forward. Right? Moving forward. Right? Looking for that next breadcrumb. Right? And so this is what he was doing. He was giving them uh, signs to, to, to uh, confirm Hey, I delivered you for something. I have promises for you. But I have promises of life purpose. You got to set life goals. You got to prioritize your life based on the goals. And you'll walk into the promises, right? So, so signs are for confirmation after faith steps. But the faith steps are after we believe his word. What God said, right? It's, so the word is big, right? Signs of confirmation, right? Right? After we take the faith step, we get the confirmation. Like, you ain't going to sit and not take a step and get the sign. You actually have to take the step to see the sign. Like, the, okay, the, somebody had to... Uh, what did God tell Moses? Uh, uh, what's that in your hand? I could use it. Stretch forth, stretch forth the rod, right? So he had to do something in, on faith to see the water open up. And then j just the water opening up. Okay, right now, all of us right now, 2020, uh, Pastor Keith walks into uh, Lake Norman. I stand in front of Lake Norman. I'm like, y'all, we're going we're gonna to see a miracle today. We're going to walk across Lake Norman. No boats, no nothing. 
So I stretched forth a rod and the water opened. Some people may walk, but that ain't no guarantee that, okay, that, that's, that's a great, uh, like Niagara Falls, that's a, that's a great thing to look at. Wow, man, the water split. But that's not a motivation to go in the middle of the water. You see what I'm saying? Like people don't realize what they did. People are so busy thinking about the sea opening up, but the sea opening up ain't no guarantee that people are going to walk through it because what you thinking? Yeah, like what's holding this water up? This is not normal. I walk in here, suppose it collapsed while I'm in here. So, it, so they had to take, look, Moses had to act on faith to open the sea up, but they had to take a step, a step of faith, right? I guarantee you the water stayed up because of their faith steps. See, we think the water stayed up because it was just open. No, their faith steps. They believed through there. Know how I know? Because Pharaoh and them didn't have that same belief. They went in there like, <laughs> they was going through like this. They wasn't walking through. They was going through with reservations. And they drowned. Right? All right, so just something to think about, right? So it's signs of confirmation after the faith steps, after believing his word. Let's go to Hebrews 11. Since we're talking about how the breadcrumbs are, are show up to confirm our faith. And I saw something here. We went through this in Master Life also. I just like the way they put it. All right, so Hebrews 11, 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The Amplifier says it this way. Now faith is the assurance the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for, being proof of the things we do not see, look, and the conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So the reason why people say, I don't feel like that's true, I don't believe that, it's because their senses are interrupting them seeing beyond what their senses, their senses haven't gotten the information because it's something that's, that, that, that's not, it's not something you feel from, with your head. It's something that you connect with with your heart, right? Now, when we was, when we was going through a master life, this same passage, it said, the, when it says assurance, it says assurance is what you hold on to. So when the scripture says that it is the insurance or the confirmation or the title deed, it's what you hold on to for what you're hoping for. But, but the author also said the conviction part. So it says the conviction of the reality, of their reality. Conviction is what gets hold of you. See, the, so faith has both packaged in it. It has the insurance of what you holding on to. It's something that, that, you know, when you say, Man, I just believe it about faith, you have this unction and you're holding on to what God's word says. You have faith in his word. But then there's a conviction that's holding on to you at the same time. So you, uh, you, you see the movie where the person's falling off the cliff and they say, grab my hand. So they grab their hand. 
So what? They're holding on to the person. They're using their strength so they don't fall. But the other person is holding on to them, using their strength so they don't fall. It's the combination of the two holding on. And faith is a combination of both. What you're holding on to and what's holding on to you. Right? And see, so when you operate in that level of assurance and conviction, holding on to God's word and God's word holding on to you, you walk right into breadcrumbs all the time. You expect the breadcrumbs to show up. You looking for breadcrumbs. Not, well, yeah, because it's like following somebody and be like, well, you know, they left breadcrumbs, but they probably going to run out. Like we could be getting in our head. Probably ain't going to be no more. I don't know why I'm keep following because eventually the breadcrumbs going to be gone. Now, I will say this. We'll get into this. Hopefully, we'll, maybe we'll have time to get into it today. Breadcrumbs are not God's ideal way of us walking out the things of God. Breadcrumbs is almost like a bonus. Signs are a bonus. Signs, we're not supposed to, the scripture says, uh, uh, Jews require a sign. Preach, preach, uh, the Greeks study hard to be wise, but we preach Christ crucified. Signs are, and, and you'll see why, hopefully I have time, but signs are, like right now, put it this way, discover the breadcrumbs while they're available. Put it that way. Discover the breadcrumbs, the, the, the confirmations while they're available. That's not, the Bible says that just shall live by faith. This is a faith life. This is not a life where, uh, like Dalton Thomas, prove it to me. Right? This is a life where, where come on now, think about now, this is how you are. So you, so you uh, uh, the meal you got kids. So imagine your kids. If you say, all right, so next week we're going such and such. Okay. Mm-hmm. Prove it to me. Or you say, okay, you wake up and it's time to go. They sleep. Right? And you're like, why are you sleep? Why would I be up? Well, I told you today we was going, I don't know, out to eat. I ain't believe you. Like every time you say something to them, you got to prove it. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you we get that response from our kids when we treat God that way. If every time God tells you something, he got to prove it. He proved it by saying it. <laughs> he said, God's not a man that should lie. <laughs> right? He said, if he said it, he'll do it. Would you sing, sweetheart? He'll do it again. Right, so signs are a bonus. Um, and... All right, so let's look here at Hebrews 2. We were just in Hebrews 11. Let's look at Hebrews 2. Hebrews 2, and we'll do 1 through 4. It says, therefore, we ought to give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Key. Remember we said we should just have faith in what we heard. Lest at any time we should let them slip. <laughs> it says, for if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received the just rec- recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? 
which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed, signs, right, breadcrumbs, unto us by them that heard him, right? It says, God also bearing, bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with diverse different miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. So it says like, it says, it opens up with said, we should take more earnest heed to just what God is saying. Lest at any time it should slip. It says, even like God specifically said things with angels. First of all, how could Satan even start to think he had to get desperate and say, I want to be like the most high God. God already laid out everything to, to be fulfilled you. Look, out of all the angels, you're adorned in jewels. You move and the whole atmosphere changed because of worship. And now you're going to go, just in case he don't think about me, I'm going to get some for myself. You start to get self-indulgent. You allow inequity in your heart. Start thinking about yourself. When he gave you his best, and the same thing with us. God gives us his best, and we, we just start, well, just in case he forgets about me, I'm just get desperate and take this bribe. We don't need to do these things. And, then, and this says, but God, like, God has worked. He not only gave his word, he sent men of God. God sent. How can they preach except they be sent? God sent these men of God and these prophets and the Pauls and the Davids. And God sent these people because he's like, okay, okay. Remember, remember, there was no judges. There was no kings. God sent people. God sanctified someone like Samuel, right? All this is God. Like trying to give, get, get people to believe in his word. So he's like, oh, okay, so I'm going to deal with you as human for a while. But at a certain point, man, you either believe me or you don't. That's what the bottom line is. Okay, you can have the breadcrumbs for a season, but, but no, we're not, listen, I'm not, I'm not rolling like this. Because what does it take? If you keep, I don't believe it, I don't believe it, I don't believe it, I don't believe it. Well, tell you what, you just don't believe it then. You know, because at a certain point, it's God here. Why, why should he have to keep playing games with us? He already told you, I said it. I'm not a man I should lie. I've, I've, I've confirmed everything that I've said. And so right here he's saying, like, like, listen, I, I, I've showed up with signs, wonders, miracles, and all types of stuff. By now, everybody should believe. But somebody could tell you what, you, uh, the miracle could happen. Somebody tell you about it, and you're like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Right? It can happen to you. And you go, did that really happen? Like, why do we try to rationalize a, 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 a sign and a wonder and a miracle? Why, why is our first thought? To, to make it logical or to make it human. Why can't we just believe it for face value? Why can't we just take, take God showed up? Did they really get healed? Was that really healing? So, so this is what he's trying to say. He's trying, so he says, I, I've, I've confirmed things. There's signs everywhere. I sent my breadcrumbs to confirm and my, and, and my signs, my breadcrumbs harmonize with my word, my will, and my way, which basically is just, a, I just a, a, like a trinity of it's all really his word. His word is his will, and it is his way. He says, so I've done all these things already. I've, I've given us breadcrumbs, right? 
And I've been doing this for a while. Let's look here. Uh, I like this. I, I just like this example of how God, I, he's saying when God says something, that's it. And he doesn't really like, and I don't think that grace is going to last long of us questioning God. So let's go to 2 Kings 7. 2 Kings 7. This is a wonderful passage, but this is an example of what we're talking about. 2 Kings 7, we'll start here at verse 1. The prophet Elijah. It says, then Elijah said, hear ye the word of the Lord. Right? Okay. We've been talking about this for some years here at the church. Look, God says stuff, you know, God talks about new beginnings. New beginnings happen. You have some people questioning, did God say it or not? Okay, he came through. You saw a new beginning. I mean, come on. We got a new church in, the eighth, in, the, in, in our eighth year anniversary in the eighth month. Like, God, he ain't had to do that. It would have been new beginnings if he didn't do it in the eighth month. But why the eighth month? And oh, we orchestrated the eighth month? We couldn't have planned this stuff if we tried. So he went, all, he went out his way to show us every breadcrumb that God is operating in that this is confirming my word. Momentum. This is a pandemic. And people have experienced a momentum left and right. What else, what else he got to do? It ain't, it ain't Pastor Keith. I'm just the messenger. But God's saying, what I got to do? All right, y'all keep playing around. Keep being Dalton Thomas. See what happens. All right, so anyway, uh, so, so he says, because uh, th remember we, uh, we just read where he says uh, that we should take heed to the word, but it says, then Elijah said, hear the word of the Lord, thus saith the Lord, tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Sam Samaria. Then, the, then a Lord, not the Lord, a Lord on whose hand the king leaned. So a, he has one, one of his right-hand guys that, that had his ear, right? He says, uh, answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, not, not, so, so the, the other guy is questioning the man of God. Okay, so... Basically, God, God would have to open up for heaven for what you just prophesied to ever happen. So basically, he, he don't believe it. And so the man of God said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not eat thereof. So you'll be able to see it, but you won't experience it like everybody else. You'll just see it so you'll know God's word is true, but you won't benefit it from like everybody else. So we're going to drop down here to verse 16. Um, and, and so what happened is, I just got to give you the backdrop. So the backdrop is, right after this was prophesied, there was some lepers, four lepers are sitting around, and, you know, the kingdom is dealing with all types of famine and craziness. So they was like, man, so if we sit here, we just going to die. But if we go to that kingdom up there, we could die too. What do you think we should do? Say, well, listen, right here, we already know we're going to die here. So, we're going to take a step of faith, <laughs> take our chances. We're going to go up to the kingdom. While, now, these are lepers. These aren't like soldiers or nothing like that. They're just lepers. They're going to, on their way to the kingdom, God had the kingdom hear the sound of like chariots and horses as if 
all the, the Hittites and everybody else was coming to attack them. So out of fear, they left for their life. Now, this had to be extreme fear because they left everything. Because some of us right now, if your house is burning, you're going to go get your perishables. You're going to risk your life, right? You're like, you'd be like, hold on a second. Somebody's like, leave the house, leave the house. Like, hold on, man. I got to get my, I got, those are my favorite shoes, man. I paid $500 on them shoes. <laughs> you know, people do stuff like that, right? But, but, but if, you're, if, if you knew the next second the house was going to collapse, you're going to get burned up in that fire, but them shoes going to burn. This is the situation. They leaving because they're like, our life's at stake. Listen, if we had saved the stuff, we ain't going to be able to enjoy it because they're going to kill us. They rode up out of there. So when the lepers came into the town, they tripping. They're like, this can't be happening. They go into one tent, and there's all these jewels and food, stuff like that. So they grab some stuff, hit it. You know, but they figure, that's all, you know how you, you, you know, you ain't used to nothing. So you figure, I'm just going to hide this. So they, they, no, it didn't say they, they went to all of them and gathered. It said they went, hid it. Then they go into another one. Man, there's stuff in here too. Hit it. Another one hit it. Now, this is so powerful. They basically, they experience abundance. They said to themselves, hold on, this ain't right, man. It's, it's not right that we're experiencing this abundance and we ain't sharing it. And they said, we're going to have this abundance and we don't share it. Something bad's going to happen to us. So tell you what, it didn't say they dug up their stuff. <laughs> so tell, you what, tell you what, we're going to go, we're going to go and tell the king and, and, and the kingdom, hey man, you know that kingdom over there that y'all been worried about? They left. But the trip is, oh my God. The king got all, the kingdom got all the information anybody want to get. Basically, the people that you're against, they left, and they left all their stuff. You go over there, you could be rich. You know, you know what their response was? Oh, no, 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 no. They, see, they're trying to set us up. They hiding, waiting for us. This week, got in their head. They hiding. Look, they got a blessing, and instead of just receiving it as a blessing, they got in their head, not in their heart. They didn't listen to that unction. They were like, man, I'm telling you, they hiding. As soon as we go up in that camp, they're going to come out. But see, they couldn't just sit there. It was like too good to be true. So, what, so somebody has some good advice. Say, man, let's just send a couple people up there and just scout, man. You never know. <laughs> you never know. They went up there and scouted and realized, oh, no. Now, listen, their stuff is available and don't look like nobody coming back. Once everybody heard about it, we're talking a kingdom here. We're not talking about a hotel room. Everybody started stampeding. The person that the king made over, the steward over the whole thing was the Lord that questioned Elijah. I said, this is so, this brings us to verse 16. So I'll just give you a little backdrop on the story. It says, and the people went out and spoiled the tents of the Syrians. So a measure of fine, fine flour was sold for a shekel, two measures of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. It says, and the king appointed the Lord on whose hand he leaned to have the charge of the gate. And the people trolled upon him in the gate and he died. They basically just ran him over. This is the dude that questioned the man of God. So, so, and he died. As the man of God had said who spake when the king came down to them. It, 
And it came to pass, as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, Two measures of barley for a shekel, and a measure of fine flour for a shekel, shall be tomorrow about this time in the gate of Samaria. And that the Lord answered the man of God and said, Now behold, if the Lord should make windows of heaven, windows in heaven might such thing be. And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it, and thine eyes, but thou shalt not eat thereof. And so it fell out unto him, for the people trod or stepped or ran over him, upon him in the gate, and he died. So, 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 so you got to see, God spoke something. It actually happened, but because the person questioned it, God had that man of God speak something else that happened too. So look at all this work to make sure it came to pass. And it's, it's something impossible. It's just like we deal with stuff here in this economy, and God could say, Tomorrow this time, the whole economy is going to change. That's basically what took place. All the prices dropped. Tomorrow. This is what took, that's what happens when stuff starts selling like that. It's like, the whole economy changed. It's like, you mean to tell me my dollar goes further now? <laughs> right? And that's, that's why he said, man, come on, man. It's impossible for something like that to happen. But God is... That's what's going to be happening here soon. God is going to be saying things. These are, the, 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 and you, you got to believe it. You got you to attach your faith to what God says. Get out of our head. We have to get out of our heads. See, signs on the road to purpose, uh, not only confirming that you're on the right track, but they let you know when you arrive at the destination. See, these breadcrumbs are not just showing you on the right track. That's a wonderful thing. But they're also letting you know you ride at the destination. And, and God shared this with me a while ago. Uh, it was another teaching. The reality is God is amazing, man. God is amazing. But we're not going to see it looking back. We're not going to see how amazing God is looking back. We're not going to see how amazing God is standing still. I'm not talking about be still and know that I'm God. Y'all know what I mean by standing still, not taking the steps of faith to recognize the breadcrumbs along the way. And we're not going to see it. The only way we're going to see it is to step forward, to take the next best step from where we're at. And we've talked about this at the church here a lot. God loves us and his plans are, are better than ours. We have to wrap our mind around that. So when God is saying something, he's saying it out of love. He's not saying it just, just to be talking. He's saying it out of love. And so we have to attach ourselves to that love and move. Uh, so I watched this. I watched this with the kids a lot. And I watched this. Yeah, I remember we, uh, we hadn't been in town for a while, so we came. Uh, we came in town, and we were outside of the house. So my granddaughter came outside, and when she came outside, she came running. She came running as fast as she can. She jumped up in my arms, and boy, she gave me the tightest hug. But it was almost like, oh my God, like, like, like something brought life to her. But you know what she was running to? She was running to love. And the thing is, but you ever see a child run from love? A lot of us are running from love. See, the, all the breadcrumbs is, are, are God's love. Like, like you know, you ever see a uh, the, the husband sets up something for the wife, and he puts rose petals down. And so the wife walks into the house, and she's just following the rose petals, <laughs> right? What's she following? Love. She, she, she's excited. Every time she, she, she takes a step, she's excited. 
Well, you see, these breadcrumbs God's putting down, we're supposed to be excited, not running, not... That God's breadcrumb. Man, you know, I, y'all ain't setting me up just like, like the king. You know, y'all ain't setting me up. See, I know as soon as I take that step, somebody going to jump me, ambush me, beat me up and take my breadcrumb. Like, like, why are we going through all that? God loves us. His plan is always better than ours. Follow the steps. Just go ahead. Because those breadcrumbs, and I, I can't get into it all right now, but they ain't going to always be there. No, no, the, the, I'll give you chapter and verse. They're not always going to be there. They're going to be replaced with deception. So, so, so follow God while the breadcrumbs are there. Right? Follow God. The scripture says, give us this day our daily bread. Matthew 6.10. That's the Lord's prayer, right? Right? Our daily bread, our daily breadcrumbs to lead us into what God has purposed us to do. Like, this is what the, the challenge is. We have all these new appetites. When we talked about these the kids, you have all these new appetites, and it's, it's uh, or the parents just always say this, don't eat that candy because it'll what, curb your appetite. What was the line? Spoil your appetite, right? So we're eating things that are spoiling our appetite for what God purposed us to do. And we don't realize it. And so, so, so we're, so, oh, this is good. Just like you, you can give that child, we talked about that beech nut, you get a child on beech nut vegetables and it's really, it's what's going to nourish them. It's going to give them their vitality. But they, they, they either push it away, turn, turn it away, or they run from it and they go eat something else. And so God putting these breadcrumbs down, people walking right by them. They're walking away from them. They're taking the, 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 the candy offering over here as opposed to the breadcrumbs that's supposed to lead us into fulfillment. And we think we lose with God and we're going to miss out with God. But we never think that about the world. When I say never, that's probably, that's wrong for me to use an absolute word that way. But you know what I mean? A lot of times we're, we always think that, and we invest so much in the things of the world. Like we spend a lot of time in, in, in investment, humility. We allow ourselves to be abused, but, but come to the kingdom, ain't nobody going to play me. Ain't going to play me. Oh, so you trying to, like, we act like we're doing God a favor in the kingdom. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but when it comes to the, the world and different things, like, we'll travel, we'll spend our money on, on different venues and events, all from, you know, one day I'm going to be in this play or do this, that, and the other. And, and be spinning our wheels, running, running on that, that wheel like a hamster on the wheel. And God is just saying, hey, 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 follow the breadcrumb. I, 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 this last thing I'll say, because I, I know I was pursuing basketball. So I moved to Ohio. And, 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 and in a way, I moved to Ohio for obedience. But I still was trying to pull on what I had invested most of my time in. So, you know, I found some teams, uh, uh, played with this, you know, kind of, I guess you can only, I only call it semi-pro because I got paid a little bit of money, very little. Um, <laughs> like enough to get me some new sneakers, that's a video about it. Uh, but, but I remember in one, on one trip, when I stepped on the grounds, everything in me was get back in the car. No, I'm sorry, not everything in me. 
There was a sign telling me to get back in the car. But I, I didn't, I just overrode it. Or a probably better way to say I didn't consider it. Because my momentum was always already going to what I thought I should do. I called it my humility tour. Like I never experienced nothing like that. Like I, you know, they flew somebody in that, that, that I destroyed. I was like, they can't, it can't be the same person. Flew the guy in the play for what I was supposed to do. But I never was supposed to go. But again, once again, I got offered the candy. You know, I got offered the candy. And I'm telling you, the whole time, the whole, my, most of my life, you know what's really been, the breadcrumbs what's been pulling on me? The word. Actually, same thing pulling on quite a few people in this room and on watching, watching this. Been pulling the whole time. But something in our mind says that can't be enough. Something tells us that no way that's enough. That's not what they tell me. Yeah, their whole, their whole thing is to get you away from what's going to fulfill you. This is more than enough. It's normal. We got to return while we can, and I can't get into it all tonight. So we got to return to, well, I could, but we'd be here in a whole nother hour, <laughs> um, to following God's miracle. 